Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Matt from Sonar. Matt, Alex, I'm the lucky one. (laughs) <laughs> How are you doing? I'm all right. So it's always going to be harder doing people with your friends with. So this is, uh, I'm going to apologise ahead of time for any professionalism that slips, but we're going to try our best. Um, so Matt, really glad to have you on. Uh, we've known each other a little while now. Um, I think we've you know, got to know each other better over ITI. Uh, less said about that, the better. Um, but what did such about Sonar? Because Sonar is the reason that um, you're in the InsurTech space. Um, it's the reason that I know you. Um, and uh, it's a piece of content that we look into a lot on some of the stuff that we distribute. Um, but for the folks at home that don't know who Sonar are and what you guys do, it'd be great if you could introduce the business and what it is you're trying to achieve. Sure. Um, so, yeah, first of all, thanks for having us on. It's, uh, it's great fun. Uh, I've been a long-time fan uh, <laughs> of this stuff. So, um, yeah, so Sonar. Uh, so for those who don't know uh, and for those who do, um, so we, are, we position ourselves as a market intelligence business. So uh, we track uh, millions of companies around the world uh, to better understand how markets are changing and who those companies are driving change. And with that uh, intelligence, we serve um, it up through a platform business. So it's a, a SaaS business, a subscription business. So we have clients all over the world from RJAX in the States to Tokyo Marine Japan. And uh, naturally, being a UK head office business, we have a large uh, European contingent of Generales and Alliances and Munich Rees, et cetera, um, who access uh, that information through the platform. And as well as that, we have a services business. So uh, we help clients extract uh, value from the insight that we provide. So that might be deeper dives into. Uh, the market um, that they're focused upon, or it might be uh, looking at key business problems and taking that through to validated uh, POC opportunities. Sure. So it's it's a really interesting space, but but the core of the value we bring is is a data led, um, quantifiable insight to strategic direction, and so you're ultimately going to be. Are getting better results from your transformation or innovation activity sure. from the information that we house. Sure, amazing. And thanks. So, <laughs> but I mean, it's a huge value add because I, I think one of the challenges that you know 
even, even us as a business. So we're, we're always looking at innovation and change in the insurance industry, new trends within insure tech, because we have to get ahead from uh, you know, a talent perspective. You sure. know, we need to know what the talent demands are gonna be. Um, it, it, it's, it's hard, because the scale of it, it's global, it's global industry, and, and kind of there's micro incremental changes in this big, huge shift. So it's kind of like keep, keeping track of that, particularly in a kind of analytical and data-driven way, is, is very challenging. Uh, less so if you have data, right? Yes. It's, it's really difficult if you don't have data. And, that, and that's why, you know, so I was, so the, the kind of the founding story or, or part of it was me prior to the world of, of Sona getting asked, you know, who's the next Airbnb or who's the next Uber or who's right. the next, and, and simply not, even though I was a, a strategist in, in a kind of big innovation company, I didn't have the answer to that. Right. So, so I went in hunt of that answer because uh, you know, everyone has an opinion, right? All the strategists out there and all those people who, and, and it's, it's almost that kind of like Christmas, January, here's the trends that we see for the next year taking place. Everyone has an opinion. But actually, if, if you can, and, and this is kind of my thesis for it, is if you can look at, um, let, let's take investment data, and it's not just about investment, but if you can see where tons of money is being put by VC or PE or even earlier stage with angels and you know, crowd, if you can follow that money, so where, where is money going? Mm-hmm. Can you divide that money into smart money and dumb money? So smart money being sure. those investors who are placing the, the solid bets versus those who, who aren't. Can you follow that smart money? And then can you try and work out who it is and why they're putting money into those, those companies? Mm-hmm. So, so what is it about the, you know, the people, the product, the, the, the um, traction those businesses have that allow them or enable them to put those bets down? So if you can follow that, then, then actually what you're able to do is, is extrapolate better understanding of, of how the market will change. Because this money is going into these businesses to affect change, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's short term or far term, within that environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're able to look um, at a local, domestic level, a regional level, a global level, to see where money is flowing and smart money in particular to affect real change and, and who those companies are that are the recipients of that money. Sure. And and then really analyze that data. So so by tracking, you know, not only millions of companies, but within each of those companies, tens of thousands of data points, it becomes a really um, kind of mentally exciting uh, activity, which you can, with a level of pretty, you know, smart accuracy better determine how things are going to change. Mm. Then working with a whole roster of global clients and getting the real insight to their needs, their challenges, their innovation activity, their transformation focuses, you know, all of that stuff. You, you layer that on top. And where we sit is this incredibly unique position because we have all of that uh, kind of wealth of, of knowledge at our, our fingertips. Mm. I love that. And again, putting my mm. you know, strategy hat on, that's, that's gone from who's the next Airbnb or Uber to Oh, right, actually, yeah, this is where the markets are changing and these are who the companies are. And, and with, with a level of confidence that I can now help the insurance world better understand the direction they need to travel and who to connect with and make those introductions. Sure. And the interesting thing about that data is that the, I'm interested to see what your clients do from that because they're not going to all act in the same way. They're, they're, you know, they're culturally going to be very, very yeah. different. Um, and you know, can I, I can always only think with the hat that I wear, which is all, the, all about talent. And I was thinking, well, even from a perspective of going, okay, in three years' time, we think this is going to be a huge function of our business. Mm-hmm. We don't have the talent pool. What do we do about that? That's a, that's yep. a talent planning uh, conversation because most of the conversations I have, particularly around talent, are very reactive. Sure. They're like, right, we need algo-driven underwriting machine. Yeah. 
today. Yeah. Where do we get it from? We don't have it in-house. So how, how, how do they, do your clients interact with your services very differently? Um, I was kind of interested here about that kind of thing. Yeah, they do. So, so you're absolutely right. And, and everybody's approach to both transformation and innovation varies, right? And so you have a lot of crossover and a lot of uh, similarities, but where, depending on where they are in the world, depending on what they're up to in the world and, and what stage of maturity they are, both as a business, but from an innovation perspective, it changes. But ultimately, I think, um, almost kind of like client agnostic, what you have is uh, is a very straightforward approach to accelerating business, mm-hmm. right? You can, you can do it yourself, you can partner with others, or you can buy in companies, yeah. right? And, and there, are, there are a few nuances around the edge. But, but your, your, your journey from A to B is gonna be one of those three routes. And what we're seeing kind of on the whole, so this is me kind of flattening out kind of uh, our client, you know, some are more focused on the CVC activity, sure. some are more focused on the M&A, some are more focused on partnership. What we're seeing is, as a trend across the industry and across our client base in particular, is that m- that move towards open innovation is what we call it. But, mm-hmm. but in, in layman's terms, in, uh, it, that, that's partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the recognition that the most efficient and effective route from moving from point A to point B, and that might be a transformation, or well, that might be an innovation, so kind of looking at the, the, uh, the time span against that, partnerships seem to be the most effective route for the next few years, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that is, um, you know, we, it's a well-trodden narrative that insurance companies, but it's not just insurance, right? It's, it's as, as big corporates, they're not designed to innovate and they struggle to innovate and to get yeah. things through, right? And you hear about pilots that, you know, cost 50 million pounds and take two years. I mean, complete nonsense, yeah. right? And, then, and so, so actually, how do you, uh, if, if it is a partnership, um, that is the most successful route to innovation or, or from point A to point B, then how do you validate that um, opportunity early on, how do you identify the right partner mm-hmm. from the market mm-hmm. to, to get into bed with? Um, probably the other way around. So how, how do you identify that partner? How then do you validate the opportunity? And, and then how do you scale that across your business? But yeah, long and short is, uh, is most of the market, most of our clients are really focused as a dominant strategy on that partnership route. Mm. And partnership, I mean, partnership's been, you know, we've got some more sexy and exciting terminology that we're using and kicking around today and you know everyone's talking about embedded and, and embedded is you know there are many definitions of that but when I hear embedded I can't help but my brain goes to infinity uh, you know affinity products or warranty products or you know so 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 this little partnership piece and, and, and MGAs I mean look we've got digitally driven MGAs and the but MGAs have been around a long time sure. and they've been a really good testing ground for a lot of insurers to go you know, what are there some unique products we could try out there? Are they mm-hmm. profitable products? Um, and and the same. So, I, th- I think partnerships kind of make sense just because culturally it's already there. Like the insurance industry operates in a partnership model. I mean, we're sitting not a million miles away from the Lloyd's of London uh, mm-hmm. building right now. Collaborative environment. You know, uh, subscription based insurance. I mean, that, that that's that's what I think is quite unique about the insurance industry. And um, it's one of the things I really like about it. Um, it is. You know, it's a very small world. I mean, you and I didn't know each other, but we could probably sit there and, and we could have mapped out 50 people that we both knew mutually yeah. in the first conversation. So I'm intrigued about your journey into um, insurance, data-driven, um, but, but you've been in insurance very early mm. for someone that was outside the industry because people inside the industry weren't in it that early. Yeah. So why did you get drawn specifically to, to sort of insurance and insurance tech? Was it just the data just pointed that way or was it, you, did you have another connection to it outside of that? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd like a better story than the one I'm going to give you. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, so so I used to run an innovation company, right? Yes. So in my early twenties, set up a business uh, that went uh, beautifully. Uh, it was the right time, right place. Employed incredibly smart people around me, and it was the perfect sort of dot com time. Right. Um, we had a, a global roster of amazing clients, including some insurance companies, right? But so, but that was a very small part of of the exposure that we had in, in the kind of the, the business landscape. So, so after the kind of agency world and uh, taking some time out to go snowboarding and doing all those really important things you yes, do yeah. uh, in a kind of early thirties kind of uh, stage in life, getting divorced, you know, those those <laughs> things, uh, and and so really where where I was at is kind of advising various companies on. Uh, innovation, because that was kind of my bread and butter, kind of building new products, new services, new ventures. And what I realized, and, and this is kind of goes back to the getting asked who's the next Airbnb or who's the next um, Uber or whatever is, is, is I didn't have the knowledge around the startup space that I wanted to have, right? And, and in part, because at the time when I set up my business, entrepreneur wasn't a, a badge of, of pride and honor and being a startup founder. You know, there's a, there's a thousand CEOs mm-hmm. probably in, in, you know, within a hundred meters of, of where we're sitting, right? Yeah. And, and at the time, it, it just wasn't quite celebrated as, as it is today. And, and there weren't simply as, as many businesses getting spun up overnight as, as we see today. But, but I made it uh, my job as, you know, so, so personally I was getting involved in uh, like angel investing and looking at that kind of startup market. I was still very interested in the ecosystem. I was advising these big and small companies as their kind of strategist or digital strategist, but very much focused on uh, the innovation space. And so, so I made it my job to get a little bit closer uh, to all of this. And so, um, so I started to have pretty massive imposter syndrome mm-hmm. being, starting a business with all the confidence in the world as a 20-something-year-old, then getting a little bit sort of more gray hair to me. People thinking maybe that I knew more than I possibly did. I had some very strong opinions, which I was able to deliver with less confidence as I got older. Yeah. And then actually needing to get some kind of quant-based data to support kind of the, the direction I wanted to head. And so, so I started building a little team without kind of really thinking about it to, going back to that thesis to, can we pull in and aggregate data on companies to better inform me as to where I think markets are going? Mm-hmm. So we started, you know, buying in tons of data, like importing the whole of Crunchbase or, yeah. you know, I don't know, looking at, uh, you know, what are now competitors like CB Insights or PitchBook and uh, as well as that kind of building tools to go and scrape kind of filings and announcements and press releases and websites. and. And, and, and slowly bringing this data together. And, and suddenly we, we sat on this intelligence of like, wow, we now know a lot. But we still weren't a company, right? This is, this is before Sonar. And, and we were like, what do we do with this? And, and I was advising a company which um, were looking at a piece of innovation and looking to pay a million pounds for a supplier to do this. And I was like, well, you could just go and buy those two guys around the corner in Hoban. You give them 100,000 pounds each. They're like pretty much teenagers who developed some tech in their bedroom. And they did. And so this is the board of a very big like PLC, and I'm yeah. like, huh. okay, so so now I I've rebuilt the confidence mm-hmm. that maybe I'd lost mm-hmm. over my snowboarding period, and realizing that actually this data-led kind of strategic approach had some value, and and they, and they bought that so like you know quarter of a million pounds, and three months later they had a a new piece of technology in their business which did 95% of everything they needed. Oh rather than a million. So, so I was sitting on this data and then thinking, well, 
actually, it's probably time I got back into the real world, uh, spun up another business. Mm -hmm. It seems to have value. If it has value for them, you know, and, and they were a, a grocers. I mean, random, right? But, uh, but you know, a previous client of ours, so I had those connections. So for me, it was then a, right, what industries am I going to focus on? And, and those industries that I thought uh, were somewhat behind the curve that needed to accelerate, but also that had um, a, a level of kind of commercial viability for me to build a business within. So I looked at banking, I looked at healthcare, and I looked at insurance. And, and what we did is we had one of the team was a, um, a, a graduate, uh, you know, he, he got his first from such and such, and just a really smart cookie. But for three weeks, he just sat on uh, the data that we uh, had already uh, accumulated, and he spun up a report for here's, here's the world of banking, here's what's going on, and here are a few startups that you should be paying attention to. And this is, we're talking like five plus years ago. Mm -hmm. Here's the world of healthcare, and here's the world of insurance. Yeah, so, 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 you know, a, a 30 page report yeah. on, on how the world is changing. What we did is we just stuck that out on the socials, right? We put that out on LinkedIn, we put that out on, um, on Twitter, and we put a couple hundred quid behind it. And we just said, right, whichever gets the downloads, and we're going to go and focus on that industry. And, and that was it. So, so as an entrepreneur, I know that we need to focus on a, on a vertical. And, and that's where, you know, we'll test uh, from an MVP perspective and potentially spin out from beyond there. And, uh, and healthcare was mm, yeah pretty good. Banking went pretty nuts, you know, a few thousand downloads, and then insurance just went like wildfire, really? right? The amount, of, and but it was the people who were downloading it, and we were getting inbounds mm -hmm. from CEOs of very big insurance companies, that, you know, who were requesting face-to-face -face meetings, and if you wouldn't mind not telling the team you're meeting with me, type, you know, because they needed to get ahead yeah, of, yeah. of stuff themselves. That's fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. So so we had, and, and from that small exercise, we we had a quarter of a million pound account, wow. like straight off with, with, a, with a health insurance company. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And it was just something there, right? And so, so we, we stuck to kind of um, what we're thinking and, and then we just doubled down in the world of insurance. And so, so right now we are, we are solely focused on the world of insurance, even though the data that we track, importantly, is global and across industries. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we only focus on the world of, of insurance in terms of our clients mm -hmm. and who we help. Well, that's the challenge now, isn't it? I mean, even from um, our, you know, our perspective, we look at insurance, we look at insure tech, but when you sort of combine those two worlds, you start to say, well, where do I stop the yeah, sure. data, right? Because I, you know, I was working recently with a climate company, I was working with a cybersecurity company, all because essentially their distribution model is via insurance. Mm -hmm. so they're selling into the insurance industry. We're sitting there and in, with my insurance hat, I'm, going, I'm calling them insure tech. They probably wouldn't call themselves an insure tech. Um, uh, probably from a valuation perspective, sure. <laughs> particularly at the moment. But it, you know, where do you, where do you guys draw the line in, in kind of what you look at, or do you look at as as wide a kind of palette of things as, as possible? So, so the latter. Yeah. So, so we so we have two focuses, right? So, so InsureTech in terms of the definition. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Andrew Johnson's quarterly report that he does for Gallagher Re, mm -hmm. and he puts out, and it's it's kind of the market standard, the definition around, you know. 10 billion was invested into, and it's, it's InsureTech, right? And it's, it's, it's a definition of InsureTech. Equally, we look at the same data, and then we go beyond that, yeah? yeah? So, so for us, it's about any startup, any scale-up that is truly affecting change across insurance. Sure. Yeah, so, so whether it's a cyber business or it's, um, and it's so I mean, a, a great example um, recently was the guys, uh, who am I thinking, Boltec, yeah. Yeah, big, big global embedded player, back to your earlier point. Uh, who were doing a lot of phone, kind of mobile phone insurance, and I can't remember exactly the uh, the application of it, but they, they took some AI or ML technology from uh, a geology startup mm -hmm. that were cutting rocks in a certain way, and, and then brought that into their business. Wow. And 
have it, right? And of yeah. course, that's not going to be an insure thing. Is it, is, is it a company that's changing the face insurance? Mm, kind of, right? But, but is, it, is it relevant? Well, yeah, actually, if, if, if it can help improve your business and, and move you from point A to point B, mm. then yes, it's, it's an important one to, to recognize. So it was when we started Sona, we, we were very much, you know, because we were so early on, we were looking at that kind of the echo chamber of the 3,000 insure techs, which then grew to five. There was a debate, is it six? What we serve through Sona at the moment is 200,000. And, and that's grown every client that we have on board. You know, they might be looking at ESG over there. They might be looking at glucose monitoring over there. Actually, we need something for AI and uh, claims uh, motoring over here. You know? mm. And it's like, and suddenly this, this world of InsureTech broadens. And that's because insurance as a whole is, is so incredibly broad, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that reminds me of a conversation I had, you know, I, about the time you were, probably going back sadly further than that, but about the time that you, you were launching the business. You know, data analytics and data science for this is like you know it's the absolute further for talent and and a lot of people were talking about their first you know chief data science officer yeah. and and I remember talking to a business and they said we kind of know our insurance data really really well but what we're not tracking is and they used the example of uh, precious metals like we don't know the precious metal prices all the time mm-hmm. up to date like, and if we've got a load of household claims and people are claiming for gold jewellery, it affects our price index. And he's like, we want someone that comes in and doesn't say, oh, these are the metrics that we look at internally. They go, what are the metrics we should be tracking, should be tracking in the future? Um, and that's, that's, I think that's the biggest challenge from an insurance, insure tech perspective is that, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line? Because it's so broad in its reach and application and, and therefore the kind of data you track. Were, were your clients then looking for people outside of the industry? Yeah, so they, and they, and they, exactly that. They came in and said, look, we, we can't, if someone comes in from an insurer or they're going to go, oh, these are the data points. So um, I think the final two was, was someone that had worked for a retail, massive retail hotel chain and looked at their data and then um, almost uh, cliche, they hired someone from Google. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting how they said almost having insurance is a detriment. Yeah. Um, and I think that about innovation, there's a balance, isn't there, when you're kind of driving an innovation in the business. You need to know enough about it to kind of dismiss what is and isn't important, but be open-minded enough that you're not closing off anything, really. Sure. Um, and I think insurance, I don't know if you'd agree with this culturally, but do you think that's been a bit of a challenge for culturally within some insurance businesses? Yeah, I think so, but, but, but even just the term culturally, right, it's, it's all about the people. Mm. And, and so some people are desperate for uh, an outside perspective and, and some people will, will only buy, uh, you know, insurance expertise. And so, you know, so, so what is the right mix? And, and we felt this at, at Sona, you know, so the first few employees were very much from outside of the world of insurance. And, you know, whilst, yes, we've worked with, I, I've worked with insurance, you know, insurers for the last 20 years, it's been a small part of, of my world compared to you know the last five, yeah. and so so it's been really important that I start now bringing in that sort of domain expertise, mm. and and it improves our skill set for sure, because um, because you really can get into the under the skin of of um, of the industry and and the challenges in particular, because really all we're looking to do is 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 help move the dial right from A to B, and again whether that's short term, long term, and and. If we're truly going to transform or innovate, then then we have to understand what the what the problem is, and then line it up with a true understanding of what the solution could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 so for us, that domain expertise is is important, but equally that that broader perspective. You know, you talk about we you know we we regularly talk about the kind of the regulatory environment, and actually understanding that 
you know, it's something that we love to talk about within insurance, but lots of other industries have, have crazy regulatory requirements, mm -hmm. right? Which are, which are as if not tougher than mm -hmm. the, the world of insurance. But because we're in this, you know, often we're in this bubble of insuretech, 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 then, then we, we sometimes forget to, to look uh, more broadly. And I think it's really healthy for us all to, to do that. And so, so we, it, we make it a big thing, you know, so sometimes we, uh, we, we immerse our clients in other worlds, right? So literally taking them out to, well, maybe pre-COVID, you know, taking them out to uh, Silicon Valley or to China or to Israel or to um, India even. And, and kind of, it's not only, it's really important, it's not only a short text. That, yeah. that we go and meet yeah, out there, yeah. right? So it might be the Alibabas of the world mm -hmm. to better understand how they've um, uh, pushed their claims handling uh, to an automated um, kind of voice recognition or, or you know, and using AI in mm -hmm. call centers, whatever it is, right? It's, 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 there's a lot of innovation taking place out there that can be moved into our industry and let's not be too narrow and myopic in, in our outlook. Yeah, so Matt, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was InsureTech 100. So, um, uh, because I suppose it's, 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 it's an offshoot, it's a service that, that you collaborate on? Or it's a, um, no, it's a content piece. Uh, a collaboration piece in as much as we have judges who work with us to help so, um, yeah. uh, refine a long list into a short list. Fine. But I, and I suppose, just so, just so I don't just talk about Initial Tech 100, let's define it. What is it? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's our flagship content, right? So, and, and, and maybe sort of, you know, the, the, the backstory is, is we are a, a platform and services business that is uh, a few years old, an early stage company. How on earth do we get people to hear about it? Yeah. Right? So we sit on this amazing data. Uh, people who know about us love us. People who don't know about us have never heard of us. Right? So it's just like, right, great, okay. And so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. how can we get our voice out there? So, so, we, so I write a newsletter and we talk to, you know, uh, about that. So every couple of weeks, a newsletter goes out. Equally, we started creating more content pieces, right? So that's sometimes that's thought leadership. So we just published something with the Care Voice and the Alchemy crew. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with uh, Yuri Paletto from the Embedded uh, Open Embedded uh, Observatory, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then we're creating kind of thought pieces and, and white papers that go out into market. Equally, the InsureTech 100 is, is our kind of flagship, right? And 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 it's a celebration of the top 100 InsureTechs on a global basis, and and it's really important to me, right? It's 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 trying to say to the industry. There are companies that are driving change out there that you need to pay attention to, and they are all around the world. Mm -hmm. and, and so I mentioned Boltec earlier, mm -hmm. right? So you know they, they are a, a company that were in last year's InsureTech 100 for the very first time, and the reason for that was because they were brand new, right? So within a year of their business, they were valued over a billion dollars. Yeah, that's insane, right? Yeah. So a company out of Singapore, working globally, an embedded player that are just scaling beyond anything that you've seen out there. They were ranked, I don't know, in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. And, and I'm quite sure they will be featuring uh, more highly this year because mm. they've had a phenomenal mm. year. So, so for us, it's, it's about opening, uh, opening the window into the world of InsureTech. And, and bearing in mind, we're talking about 100 companies where just earlier I talked about we, we're tracking 200,000 that we think are relevant yeah. to all of insurance, right? So it's a small fraction. So it's a, it's a tease mm -hmm. you know, from our perspective. Mm. But equally, I think it's really important that we're, we're trying to drive change across the industry. And the InsureTech 100 is a real um, positioning piece for us, saying, look at these incredible companies. You can't, but, um, you can't but see some of those businesses as uh, potential partners for your own company that you could work with, that you could move from point A to point B even quicker. Mm -hmm. so, so have a read, 
get hold of it. And so, yeah, so the collaboration piece in a sense is, is, is we partner up, we have a sponsor of, of the InsureTech 100 is EY. Yep. And so they come on board. And so, we, so we create um, uh, a long list um, of 150 companies. And we, we use a technology that we've created called the Sonar Index. So they, that is a, um, it's a propensity modeling technology. So it's like, how likely do we think a company is to be successful, yep. right? So you're a startup, I'm a startup. How likely do we think uh, your startup is to be successful versus mine, right? And, and then it'll help our clients identify who they want to partner with. Because actually, I might be more successful than you, vice versa, mm -hmm. right? So, so we use the Sonar Index to create a, a long list of 150 companies. That then goes through a judging panel of leading C-suiters from around the world, from big incumbents, so the carriers, the reinsurers, the brokers, um, VCs, etc., from this ecosystem. And that then helps us uh, qualify and curate a 100 that is ranked. Yeah. And, and that then is uh, analyzed by our team, worked on uh, with the EY team, then we kind of recognize trends and stuff that are within the industry. This is what I was talking about across the 100. And then we put that paper out to the world. And that's going to get published in October. Oh, exciting. Exciting. It I'm, is exciting. I mean, it's, it's, well, it is. It is for me. It's, a, it's usually for me a shameless list of people I probably want to have on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. And it's also an ego piece for me ticking off the people I've already had on the podcast sure. and I'm like you know but, but that's yeah that's always been the emphasis of, of the podcast is, is kind of looking at something and going is it interesting do I think it's going to change the industry and, and that's why yeah we've had some very big insurtechs on but we've also had some really nascent ones because yeah. I think well I've never heard that before yeah. uh, but I'm not doing it with data points I'm doing I read a lot of everything that I can get my hands on about insurtech I haven't heard of that before yeah. You know, it's the it's the figure. In the yeah, that's okay too, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just like you know, we, we have a, a position and a viewpoint, but but I think I think there are uh, there are some incredibly um, yeah, just talented and uh, I don't know, just impressive people out there yeah. that that are interesting and, and they're great to talk to, and, yeah. and whether they're going to run a great business or not, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. But you can you can kind of use some data points to, to map against that, but you mm -hmm. know, it's it's it will only give you a view. Mm. Um, and, and also, you know, like the fact that your company might be more successful than my company may not be the right partner for a, for a, a client of ours, right? Because actually culturally you might be misaligned and we'd be a better fit mm. or we work with more people in their industry. You know, so there's a lot of different uh, mm. dynamics. But what I would say is uh, like just purely from an insurance 100 are the leading companies. We, we also publish a series which are the more emergent companies, which yeah. for me, are even more exciting because it's the next generation coming yeah, yeah. through, right? And I yeah. love that. But um, just from an industry perspective, and, and, and I see we play a small role in this, but it, it's an absolute passion of mine is, is I believe the, the change that we'll see over the next sort of five to 10 years because of these companies and because of these founders that you're having on your pod, the change that we'll see is much greater than anything we've seen almost in the history of insurance. Mm. Yeah? And, and when you talk about things like embedded or you know, uh, other aspects of, of change within the industry, that's what really excites me. Mm. Um, and it is ultimately, it's, it's the people who are fronting these businesses, who are working with the incumbents, it's the people within the incumbents working with those startups. It's all about us as individuals who have ambition and a desire to make change happen. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that just from a, a sort of conversations that I've had, uh, the evolution of our business being that we do insurtech specific and, and my phone would ring off the hook with people going, I'm in a, a carrier, a broker, uh, I want to get out, I want to work in insurtech. Yeah. That slowed down a little bit, it's still, still kind of constant, but what's changed is, that, is the amount of kind of inbound inquiries to say, we're a large carrier, 
we're interested in X, Y, Z in the industry. I mean, most recently we did a, we did an algorithmic trading team mm-hmm. for, a, for a carrier who wanted to kind of go, we've seen what Key have done, mm-hmm. could we do something like that? What could we learn from what they've done? Could we do it differently? Is there an evolution of that? Um, so that sort of, that, that's for me is a bit of an acid test because I think the innovation teams, everyone loved having those, and they sure. were like, oh, we're doing innovation. There's two guys in a cupboard over there. Um, to it's becoming everyone's responsibility. And, and you're, you're seeing that because the conversations we're having are escalating up, yeah. the, up the pile. And, yeah. and they're, they're, they're in the C-suite and they're saying, right, we're making this, this isn't. And so, some of it's still pilot-led stuff, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm only one small organization that provides talent. So I would imagine lots of all of my competitors are having those micro conversations as well. But just, just as a trend, I, I, th- I think I'm just seeing more active engagement with it, InsureTech is not a thing that's happening over there. It's just part of the insurance industry. We've put a neat name on it. It's just, sure. you know, we need to bring yeah. it to our businesses. But I think so. Yeah. So my reflection on that is, is there's a there's a greater recognition of of the need to move from point A to point B, right? Mm-hmm. And I, my goodness, I couldn't keep saying the same thing. So excuse me, my my repeat. But it's and and that that's coming from uh, the pressure of our industry, right? So so. If, we, if we're looking kind of incumbent versus incumbent, if we're going to label them, but you just like these companies that have been around for hundreds of years, some are innovating or even transforming their businesses in, in a very radical and, and a, an effective way. And, and in part because of the mistakes and the learning they've taken from you know, setting up the, the two-man innovation theater to, to whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, so, so they, they failed en route, but they now know what does and doesn't work and they're, they're doubling down on, and that might be the build, the partner, the, um, uh, the, the the acquire, the buy um, route, or it might be you know a combination of all three, and, and they're doubling down on, on that and moving forward. So so that that then leaves a gap between those who do and those who don't. And so how do these guys catch up, right? So 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 they can either try and buy their way out of trouble, but whatever they're doing, they're 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 copying the um, the artifact, the past artifacts of, of whatever these guys are innovating, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys have moved on, and, mm-hmm. and that that separation will come greater and greater. Mm-hmm. Equally, then we have. Uh, the big techs yep. who are kind of coming to our industry, and, and then through embedded, we've got then kind of retailers and banks, and, and well, oh my God, right? So the whole this whole kind of world is it's now if I'm an incumbent, it's not enough for me to look to you um, as as a as another incumbent who was previously my competitor as to what you're doing from an innovation perspective. I need yep. to look at yeah, what, yeah. right. So that that's another aspect of of Sonar and the data we're tracking. We 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 know the connections and relationships between all the companies out there, right? And so it's not just the incumbents and how they're innovating and their their playbooks of who they're partnering with and who they're acquiring. It's it's also how big tech, you know, how the Amazons are changing the infrastructure, how I don't know, the, the, the revolutes of the world are, are stepping into insurance. But from a uh, from a a future driving perspective, you know, I, I talk about kind of partnerships being a really important aspect of the market, but but I'm very careful to say for the next few years. Because I also see a lot of companies effectively changing their culture and enabling this new innovation to happen and be creative in-house, mm. right? And that's that's mm. where you're talking about, mm. you know, the, the, the imitation of, uh, you know, businesses like Key, right? It's like, how do we set up a team that can do effectively what they are doing yeah. as a startup? So using InsureTech as a, or innovators maybe, let's broaden it out, as inspiration mm-hmm. for how they can affect change, you know, what, what is B, where's the strategy, where's the direction need to be? And, and then how do they get there well, actually, you know, a, a still for many an important route is is built, and maybe going forward, the partnership thing will will become the strategic pillar. Will become you build it in the house, yeah. right? So, actually, as we 
have, you know, when I started my company, there weren't many startup founders. Now, sorry, you know, when I was in my early 20s, entrepreneurship wasn't, wasn't such a thing as it is today. Mm-hmm. Where do these entrepreneurs go? But actually, why wouldn't you want to work? You know, if, if the insure tech world isn't getting the valuations, there isn't the, quite the recruitment, yet there is a hunger and desire to innovate within these big corporates, and they're looking for external talent, then why wouldn't these entrepreneurs think about a, a nice steady job mm-hmm. in a very big corporate where they can, if the culture's right, truly affect change on a very big scale? Yeah. It's quite exciting. Yeah, no, it is exciting. I mean, it's something I tackle with, and you know, my, um, my former partner works for a very large organization that does exactly what I do. Right. And, and even just kind of reflecting on my own kind of a you know, recruitment career, you know, I love being an entrepreneur in the recruitment industry. I like working for a small business, but every now and again, I go, "Yeah, it'd be fun to do it at that scale, sure. you know, that size." And 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 I I think that about kind of um, uh, the insurance industry um, because as it becomes more fertile ground for innovation and change is kind of a, a easier to not easier but kind of it's welcomed and it's encouraged. Then then you might go. Um, but I think some people are feral and some are not. <laughs> some yeah, just no, I, don't, I, I, don't I, yeah, totally agree. <laughs> but then go back to the insurance tech 100, right? So you look at these businesses, and 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 you know, 95% of them are what we call enablers, mm. as opposed to challengers, right? So mm. They are designed to work with incumbents. Yeah, and and that's what when you think about it like that. So okay, so you have you know you have the uh, the 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 D to C. Uh, or maybe even kind of you know the 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 B2B kind of um, five percenters. Um, in fact, when you're talking about insurance at 100, you're talking five and 95, right? So you've yeah, got yeah, five yeah. companies yeah. that are um, that 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 are going head to head with the industry, mm. and and you're going to get a handful that that mm. um, that mm. succeed. But if 95% are designed to work with the industry, that for me that's really interesting, right? So where does the power of change lie? Where does the future lie? It lies with the incumbents. They have the capital. They have the uh, the audience. Uh, they have the business, you know. So then it then it really is a kind of the race to the top. So it, and it, and it excites me, and I I think about it daily. I think you know, there's no entrepreneur that wouldn't, right? It's just like my God, it's tough running mm. your own company, mm. Mm. And, and the rewards are so high, but the lows are so low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, is jumping over the other side of the fence any better? I don't know. I mean, the the, the, the grass is always greener. Mm. Um, I've never been over that side. You know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23, but yeah, yeah. it's like, I, I can imagine I'd enjoy it for a few months and then probably get massively frustrated, <laughs> but I'd like to give it a few months. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I totally hate you. I was like, I'll make it a few months before I got fired, probably. <laughs> um, the What are you most excited about? The new InsurTech 100 is coming out. Yeah. What's exciting you about that list, and whether it be new entrants or is there particular themes that you th- you'd be excited to see? Yeah, so I um, so I'm so so this is maybe every year. Um, so as, I, as as our company grows, I, I become more and more distant from its publication. So you know, so year one, so it's, I think it's fourth year uh, of publication. Year one, I was kind of like <laughs> writing yeah. writing this part and that part, and you know, really getting involved, and, and it's almost seemingly all happening without me. Uh, at all mm. this year, which is which is always lovely, but I kind of miss it. Right, this, this is you know this is something I want to front and um, uh, and get really uh, sort of close to. Every year, I'm excited about the global aspect. Mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm you know it's you've got kind of forty to fifty percent, and maybe maybe more of, of all global investment is continuously being pumped into North America. Sure, right. So lo and behold, there's a ton of startups and scale ups. The, these guys are, I mean, they're, they're big companies now that are insured at 100. There's going to be a ton of of US representation. 
I'm really keen to see what else is out there, and I always am. So you know, the the, the advent of Baltic to reference those guys again last year was was great for me. You know, mm-hmm. is there going to be anything from from LATAM? I think we had one company last year. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be anything from Africa? Is there going to be anything from mm-hmm. uh, you know the kind of Australasia kind of world? You know, the more of that that we see as as this is you know, innovation for me is truly global. Just like we have to look outside of insurance uh, to recognise what could be brought into our industry, I think we have to look outside of our uh, kind of small um, regions that we may operate in, and, and you know, and, and global businesses have that luxury. But actually, if you're a domestic player, whether you're in Germany or you're in, I don't know, wherever, Brazil or whatever, then then it's important to look at innovation from elsewhere. Mm. So, so the, the global piece is, is always exciting for me, and then also just seeing the kind of the updates and change. Like this year has been crazy, right? So, so there's so much kind of negativity around those businesses that have traded publicly you know the lemonades and the hippos and the da 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 and it's um it's going to be fascinating to see where where those guys rank mm. yeah because because yeah. actually you know are, are they uh are, are they well performing businesses or not you know so so the kind of the, the indexes would suggest that they're, they're 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 performing terribly right but but that's also um quite typical of of the broader tech stock Right? Yeah. It's not just yeah. the sure tech that's, yeah. that's right, down, right. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the broader industry, right? And, um, and so, so, so actually, how do those go? Sorry, where is the movement in that 100? And then this year, we've also um, kind of broadened our uh, judging panel. So I think we've got about 30 judges now, which are, you know, are truly um, representative of, of the industry on a global basis. And, and I can't wait to see. Uh, so, so we're in the judging phase at the moment of recording this. And so, uh, so when their results come in, which I think it's the end of next week, mm-hmm. uh, and and how they get, you know, how, how this one hundred stack up, mm-hmm. and, and then you know, so ZA Tech, Zhongan were so a Chinese business, but again global, and and, and they're kind of uh, building their European uh, operations at the moment. Were number one last year. Yeah. Are they going to still be number one? Are they going to be in the top five? You know, they they've had a, a fantastic year, but so have other businesses. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just anyway, so all of that and how that uh, unfolds really excites me. Just as anybody from the industry looks forward to it, I do too, right? and I'm a complete um, nerd, and you know, I'll sit down and I'll read all about it, because I want to know, you know, to the end, you know, whilst, like you do, I speak to all these founders all the time, and it's great fun, but, but actually, you know, the, the research and analysis that goes into these businesses to get them into the 100 is, is deep, and it's, mm. it's months worth of work, mm. and, and I can't wait to see what the output is. So. Yeah, I, it's going to be good. I will be nerding out and just reading it back to back. Um, I want to touch on the power of networking. Um, did you want to talk about Tuesday? Yeah, let's talk about Tuesday. Let's talk about Tuesday. Um, <laughs> because you're a man that has all these multiple streams, we have to explain what Tuesday is first, I think. and Because uh, uh, that's where we sort of, you know, we sort of engaged a few times. The Tuesday was, so, yeah. was me going, I remember seeing it and going, this is such a bloody brilliant idea. And I think I was quite rude about you saying, I wish I'd done it myself, um, and then and then we started talking. But yeah, let's 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 explain what Tuesday is and then why okay. it's important. Um, so Tuesday is uh, the coming together of our industry, right? So so it's um, it's it, as as with all ideas, solutions, it's based in in the need and, and want from what we've heard from clients and non-clients, right? Which is is the coming together of uh, of people to share ideas, to share learning, successes, failures, high fives, tears, laughter, whatever it be. And 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 so we, we kind of we, we it, it's a it's a community of like-minded individuals who come together and and the way it's kind of manifested over various iterations, over probably like 18 months now, yeah. is it's it's small groups of people who come together in, in maybe seven to ten people in a um, who who have share similar interests. 
that get together on a monthly basis on the first Tuesday of every month for an hour. It's agendaless, it's um, relatively leaderless, although there is a group leader just simply to chair conversation and make sure that uh, everybody's getting a voice and a turn. And, and really what we're looking to do is, is stimulate uh, connections but also collaborations that come from that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's completely, um, uh, there's no sonar influence in it. You know, it's, it's, it's a Tuesday, it's a market proposition, it's nothing to do with us, it's about coming together. It, it started, it stemmed from, I hope you won't uh, mind me referencing, it's a chap called Danilo Raponi, who's um, the innovation director over at Generali. Mm -hmm. and, and just when we were, you know, early stages of uh, us chatting, um, I think we started working with them already, but he was just, you know, he was saying that, you know, he, he had a real desire to, and it, remembering it's come during COVID time, you know, 18 mm -hmm. months back, it was, mm -hmm. you know, a real desire to kind of better connect with people beyond us all rocking up to events and maybe through serendipity you're sitting next to, you know, the wonderful Alex or your, you know, whatever it be. And it's like, is there a way that we can curate that a little bit stronger? And so, so it's, it's a process. So, you know, it's jointuesday.com is, is, is the, uh, the initiative that we've launched, and, and really, it's, it's still super embryonic. We, once we have hundreds of people as part of this community already, I mean, no one knows about it. At least they, now, people are hearing yeah, about yeah. Sonar, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so Tuesday is kind of like much further uh, behind, and, and and then these people are, you know, they go through a question set which just better understands who they are and what their interests are, who the people they would like to meet with. You know, so they might be entrepreneurs looking to meet with entrepreneurs. They might be uh, like Danilo. It might be you know innovation directors looking to meet with other innovation directors. Swap, swap those out, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and then what we're doing is in the back end, we've you know, fairly simplistic technology, uh, enabling a, a kind of an output of, of these are the groups. You know, so it might be somebody in the States um, who's really keen on a global aspect, bringing uh, them together with a, with a European cohort of individuals. And, and what we're seeing is, whilst it's a really incestuous and connected industry, there are loads of people who actually don't know each other. Yeah. And, and the benefit that comes from relationships is huge, or it can be huge, if you're of that you know, ilk as a person. So mm -hmm. yeah, so what we're doing is we're just stimulating um, connections, and we're just bringing like-minded people together, but with a sense of kind of exploration and collaboration. And, and, and every, you know, every Tuesday, sorry, the first Tuesday of every month is, is this one hour where the, the rules are it's kind of don't sell to each other um, and whatever is, you know, it's the Chatham House, right? So whatever is, yeah. is said within that environment, just keep it within the same four walls. So you can build a level of trust. Mm. After six months, you have the option for that group to change um, or you stick with the same group. Yeah. And randomly, I'm in a group with a bunch of people who I tested this out with uh, at the very beginning, 18 months, and then we're in the same group. Uh, and, and we're, I think, on Tuesday, uh, we've got our you know, next monthly session yeah. uh, together and it's just wonderful. In fact, I just had breakfast with one of the guys uh, <laughs> this morning. Yeah, so yeah. It's, you know, it's great. So, and, and that's how, you know, how these uh, networks are formed, I guess. Do, do you think it would have happened in a non-COVID world? Do you think you would have? I don't know. I've, I've always been, um, so I love the events industry and, and it has, and it's, it's a proven industry, right? And, yeah. and, and it, will, it will continue in the same format, I'm sure, and, and things will change. But, but I've always, I, I've been one of those people who, Whilst I'm very, and I'm a very confident um, extrovert guy on occasion, but I'm equally somebody who will rock up to an event, and especially stepping into a new industry, you know, five years ago, and you have, you know, these Nigel Walshers and Sabines who are now really, like, really valued friends of yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of like, these are, these are names and their brands in their own right in this mm. industry, and, and kind of celebrated rightly for, the, for their understanding and the connection within the industry. 
And so I step into this environment, and especially these events where there are thousands of people. You know, we're about to go to ICC Vegas, mm. and it is you know ten thousand people in, like interested in the world of insurance and insurtech. And I kind of look around, and I feel like massive imposter. And mm -hmm. uh, and, and whilst I have a, an amazing kind of connection now, even even they still kind of make me just want to move into the, the shadows and kind of hide away for a few days and then come back to the UK going, I think I did my part. Right? <laughs> and so, so actually for me, connecting with like five people around a virtual table or even physically is really uh, much more comfortable. Mm. And knowing that um, we're all in the same boat and we're all kind of like trying to learn a little bit about each other. Yeah, I'm, I, I, think, um, I think it's a really interesting model. Would have happened um, in a non-COVID world, I, I probably wouldn't have made it happen. Yeah, um, I think it was Danilo that sparked yeah. um, the interest in it for me, and and creatively, I'm I'm always interested in kind of innovating and, and creating solutions to problems and all of the rest. So that you know that that mm -hmm. kind of got got me thinking around that. But it's um, I think it's a. I don't think it's a displacement to events. I think it's just a different type of community um, yeah. that 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 can probably coexist alongside, and and actually has a an outlet for some, mm. you know. And, and I think you know, once we talk about a few hundred people, it's it's not really the right thing for everybody. And no. um, but actually, for some, it's going to be exactly the thing they need. Mm. So we'll see. I, yeah, I I just think it's such a great initiative. I mean, I think about you know. I'm very much the same as you. I, I come across as a quite confident guy, um, and I can be in certain particular situations events have always terrified me because right. you know you're the great unloved because you're this you're this headhunter and you know as soon as you go I'm working group and they're like right pitch to me and, and and it's very hard to convince someone that you know you just kind of want to improve your network and, and yeah. meet someone and you go oh I think what you do is really interesting um, uh, and, and I think if it wasn't for meeting and networking apps at, at events, I'd probably barely speak to anybody, um, which is definitely not a good use of your time if you're spending the money to go to Vegas. Um, and, and I think they're really, really powerful. But what I think is really interesting about what you've done with Tuesday is it, it, it puts no pressure and, and a specific do not sell, hmm. you know, um, ironically probably leads to more kind of you know, economically viable you know, collaborations in the future because you get to know this person what they do, and that leaves you in a better position to say, you know, down the line, oh, we could work together on something, or we could get to, and, and, and you take that even further, particularly for in a COVID world where people are working more remotely now, I just think it's really important. I think it's really important from a human perspective to kind of have these people that, you know, you, you shoot the breeze with, because I think I shared with you that during uh, lockdown, um, I did some training with a company called Hoxo, which is great uh, marketing business in the recruitment industry. We did some training and we just kept up the meeting. So uh, it was every Thursday morning and we called it like, you know, the recruitment, it was like the moaning club essentially. Sure. We'd get on, there's like eight guys that ran recruitment companies, we'd moan about it, we'd go, everyone feel better? Great, Let's, you know, get on with the day. But it came, it came really important and, you know, I'll, I'll get in touch with a few of those guys and um, I think it's important um, just to kind of those human connections. Uh, I don't want to get too kind of a, uh, just in the human realm, but I, th I think particularly in the balance of like what people want in in their job. Yes, people want remote, but they they want they need connection. Yeah, whether they kind of you know want to work remote or not, they need that connection. And and it's it's I just think it's really important what you do. So I'm, I'm really pleased to do it. Yeah, thank you. But I think uh, yeah, external stimulus, thinking outside of of kind of your own bubble, and and especially as like founder, I, I don't I don't do that enough. I know I don't. You know, I'd like back to back. Back to, yeah. back to back meetings, and yeah, today's yeah. a classic example. Yeah. You know, racing and racing out, and 
and it's just sometimes it's just like an hour where it the pace slows down it's you know as I say genderless where uh, we, we kind of find our rhythm but what I'm learning about is is so much broader than kind of my own sort of mindset yeah. and my own bubble it's, it's like you know the importance of reading or listen to audiobooks or mm. you know it's just it's getting external stimulus but mm. actually from your peers and from something you know someone relevant to, to your world and so like you know this chap who I was uh, having brekkie with uh, today it's just like you know I've, I've come away just with a thousand thoughts mm. and I would have never met him mm-hmm. unless it was a well, actually, that's a lie. He's, he's a good mate, but he just happens to be on Tuesday because he was our original cohort. But you know, it's those yeah, kinds yeah. of relationships yeah. um, uh, that that you know that really uh, kind of plug into making us better as individuals. Yeah, both in a kind of mental health perspective, hundred percent, and it's really important that, um, but as well as 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 kind of professional individuals as well. Yeah, I mean, because one of the challenges of the events industry is you've got to be careful that you know I could go to ITC uh, in September and just meet all the people that I know already. Yeah. Uh, and because a lot of those people I haven't met in person you know I've met a lot of them at ITI uh, in New York but there's a lot of people uh, we do a lot of our work in the States and, and there's a lot of people I won't have met face to face so I could go around and doing that and I obviously will but th- it's the new contacts that are, that are sort of are, are important um, and, and, and I think just kind of having a, a, a network uh, in the industry is exactly that for new ideas and, and, and new inspiration and you know I think in my group I had someone that was from the legal profession and mm-hmm. what they said was really interesting and I thought I could take that away and that could evolve how I do my sort of business and service so yeah it's, it, I, I was fascinated by I know it's kind of fairly early stages but where it goes from there um, but um, well I wanted to ask you I, I like finishing on this and, and this is such an open open question for someone that sits where you sit with all the information you have but uh, what are you excited about maybe just from a sign off perspective for the, for, for the rest of the year and going into the, the year um, so where are we so we're kind of like end of uh, well we're going to be stepping into uh, the last quarter of the year pretty soon right? Right. so uh, we're in September time of time of recording this one so um, yeah for me uh, so what I did at the beginning of the year is is kind of write down some professional and personal uh, challenges, yeah. uh, kind of just a thing I do, uh, and professionally, it's, it was kind of it's building the the team so we can start to, to scale properly. Yeah. Um, it was focusing on a on a certain level of of revenue that we're well on track to to target, and that's kind of the commercial uh, commercial head. And, and then it was making sure that our products and services were were absolutely kind of nailed down. And we we spent a lot of time focused on that mm-hmm. during kind of the COVID investment period. You know mm-hmm. where. Uh, where maybe it's, it's tougher to get clients, but actually drill down on, on the kind of product and service, and then and make sure that they're 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 right, you know, fit for the for the market, and um, and that we're listening and uh, responding to that. So so for me, where where I'm excited by is is next year, um, and it's just a year of growth. Yeah. So we've we've almost doubled the team in the last six weeks, maybe four weeks. It's just nuts, right? So we're employing people seemingly left, right, and centre. Um, and they're really good, and they're really senior people, which gives me space and freedom uh, as CEO, which is which is really welcomed. We're striking a bunch of very big global partnerships with um, organisations that will help uh, push our brand into new markets, um, and that really excites me. So, so whilst we have uh, we we work with so many leading global insurance companies around the world there are deeper relationships to be had with them. And, and I'm saying all of this, I'm really 
a relationship for us is, is making sure that we're adding more value to them as a customer, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm saying it in a quite commercial kind of business growth sense, but, but we will only succeed if we're driving valuable change for our clients. Mm -hmm. so, so I see a lot more kind of uh, opportunity to, to work with, um, with our clients that we have already, but the, the insurance world is, is massive. So we just started working with um, our first client in the US. The US market for me is, is really exciting. Um, not only because they've got some great skiing out there, um, <laughs> but uh, it's just such a big old market. So, yeah. so that's uh, super exciting. And, and working with ITC Vegas and uh, the Clarion team who own ITC and also now DIA, um, it, it really excites me about the kind of the opportunities for North America for Sun Island. And what we're seeing is this huge response, a really positive response from the intelligence that we're able to provide on a global basis to the North American mm -hmm. uh, industry. And, and we have our large competitor out there and we're already seeing this kind of jump from them over to Sonar, right? So that excites me inordinately and, and also kind of validates where we're at as a, as a business. And Japan, and again, possibly even because the skiing is even better out there than, uh, <laughs> than elsewhere, but they have a big insurance industry. We work deeply uh, with Tokyo Marine, a much loved client of ours. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm really excited by, culturally, it's, it's such a very different um, environment to anything that we're used to in the Western world in terms of how they do business, but also how they do insurance and, and how they're set up to, uh, to innovate. And actually, as a kind of a local market, the, the need for them to look globally. Um, you know, so they, lots of these big Japanese firms have their innovation labs on, you know, in Silicon Valley, in Tel Aviv, and in London, etc. And, and then how do we as Sonar plug into adding value to them and helping them collaborate across these uh, global um, units? And so, and, and so having a wonderful case study in, in Tokyo Marine and, and, and knowing that uh, we have a great relationship with them, can we build upon that and, and elsewhere in Japan? So, mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're heading out there. Um, in March next year, and we're looking to, you know, we're looking currently at, you know, how do we build our team locally uh, in the in Japanese market? How do we build our team in the North American market? And before this, we we're talking about North American salaries, right? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, it, the, the, it's a big expense to pay. Yeah. Um, but actually, from you know, from that perspective, super interesting. And then for us as a business, right? We are we are beautifully placed, beautifully connected. We have an incredible set of global clients. But we're super early stage. Yeah. So actually, how on earth are we going to scale? Mm. So for me, part of getting the senior team in is to free me up to go on the investment roadshow, right? So can we go and get investment into our business to scale our business? Where can we get to? Like classic founder, I've got the billion dollar valuation piece. That's not why I'm in it. But absolutely, there is no ceiling to Sonar. Mm. Yeah, we, we are beautifully placed. I can only see product extension. I can see service extension. I can see... A business that, yes, we're absolutely dominant in the insurance space, but we sit on the data of all industries yeah. on a global basis. Yeah. It's really exciting for us. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't, couldn't we move out? And of course, they'd have to be validated, right? Um, so strategically, the opportunities are so vast for us. And that excites me enormously. And you know, I'm getting on a bit. I've got a kid who's going to school. I'm not a young man anymore. Yeah. And I don't have that crazy confidence yeah, as yeah, I did yeah. in my 20s. But I'm so excited about the future of Sana. Like you just wouldn't believe. And so I, I, I know we have incredible talent on our team. We have a fantastic product and we have a market where we've not only got great traction in a money-making sense, right? We've, we've not taken external investment. We're five years into our business and we're, we're a highly profitable company. It's like, how do we scale this company now? All of that excites me. So next year is just another step towards uh, what the future holds. 
I want to be that enthusiastic in my summer for the year. It's a, uh, um, but that's fantastic to hear. I've, I'm really, really pleased um, uh, we got to do this. I knew it was going to be a fun one. So, Matt, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Have it, thanks, Alex. Thank you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.